0: everybody, episode forty-five, the Dogbone Podcast. Uh, gonna gonna build this one off of. This episode is gonna be based on some questions um, that have come up, uh, and I forget where I've heard. Well, one of them was actually we were at Bayport High School last week. We did a um, kind of a demonstration thing. Kind of a, we partnered up with their. FFA group. Um, First off, I love doing stuff like that. We've done this now twice with Bayport High School. We've done several things with Pulaski High School, and these are all local schools here in Wisconsin. Um, We've worked with schools like one called Sybil Hop, which is a school for cognitive disabilities. Um, And and we all of them have different purposes, um, and our purpose with them is always different. But we went to... Bayport, um, and we did more of a gun dog um, demonstration, hunting dog demonstration, I should say. Um, it was interesting because it, a relatively small percentage of the kids that were there um, necessarily hunted. There were some that did, um, but there was a ton of kids in there that were interested in it, um, and from that came questions, uh, not necessarily regarding hunting, um, more obedience, more just general dog and one of the points that I made uh, throughout the, the seminar and we're going to actually, we filmed it, so we're going to be posting it. Um, but one of the points that was made was regardless of what you're going to do with the dog, I don't care if you're just a hunting dog. Um, you know, if you, if you have aspirations to be in the field with the dog, whether it be tracking game recovery, gun dogs, upland dogs, shed dogs really didn't matter to me. You name it, whatever, whatever you're hunting, uh, the requirement, the prereq to all of it is a very solid foundation. Um, so from that came questions from folks or kids that have foundational issues with their dogs, struggles. Um, so that's one of the things. And then I, and then I just, I just got a message, um, recently, uh, it was last week actually. And I answered back to it. Um, I'm going to read it. It says, I'm training my eight month old golden retriever for shed hunting. She's doing great at finding the sheds, but she's starting to get aggressive with me when I take the shed from her. Any recommendations on how to stop this? Now I had one of the, one of the girls that was at the Bayport, um, talk that we did came up to me at the end and, and actually it was, there was two different ones, but one of them was asked a question during the seminar and said, what about nipping and biting a dog? I got a dog that nips and bites at my hands. Um, how do I fix that? And that was a younger dog. And then I had another person that um said, you know, the dog listens pretty good to me but walks all over my mom, uh jumps literally jumps up, puts paw, you know, just is almost aggressive to her. And so now I have this guy uh with a dog that's becoming aggressive and possess- I would say probably possessive uh when it comes to a delivery and my answer to him was I think it's a respect thing. Um, the, the puppy's testing you, you need to put an end to it quickly. Um, and so where I, where I see all of those questions, um, be having a commonality to them is the idea of if your puppy does things like that, straight up disrespect, uh, no different than a kid talking back, um, being a little bit of a brat, uh, sassy you can say with with little kids we always use you know smart ass you can do whatever you want to describe it as that's how that that's what that dog is essentially doing to you in human conversion so it's a respect thing and and, and it's a lack of respect that the dog is showing and so I think there are short-term fixes um, there are mechanical things that you can do at the moment there are also bigger picture fixes fixes to me that are what need to be the focus. Um, and that's establishing that respect. And so, you know, the idea of, um, the idea, if I break it down to the, the young puppy, cause it, we hear this a lot with young, I hear this a lot with young dogs. I don't see it that often. It's interesting. Um, I don't see it myself very often. However, Bella who I think is a very nice little puppy that we're training right now. And we're doing a a whole training series on her on YouTube and you can follow along. We just got to film in another session with her this morning. We're up to 40 some sessions and I don't know, it's been a month or a little over a month. So we're filming a lot um, and and posting it through our social platforms and YouTube channel. Bella has not, she started out with me um, for about a day or two very much... Um, so I'm going to use her as an example. She put a paws up on me. Um, she jumped up on me. She was little. Uh, she was about 15 weeks old, 14 weeks old. And the first day or two, the first thing she did was come flying at me and jumped up and launched her. And she got me with her front paws. And, and so I went, well, we're going to fix this really quickly because I just won't, I just won't deal with that. I'm not going to deal with a young pup jumping up. Because when they do that, it's, it's for maybe a variety of reasons. They're excited. Um, and so they, but it's not, none of it is good. Um, when a dog is too excited and it loses control, I've got an issue. So we need to start implementing and putting in a foundation of control and, and and ultimately respect. And so the idea of putting paws up is body language, uh, getting their feet up on top of you is showing dominance. And so when a little pup jumps up on me, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I can fix relatively quickly um, and it's simply I, I, I literally take a lunge into the puppy I know it's coming I, I saw her do it to me two times in a row the third time is not going to be different there's not going to be a miracle that happens and the dog decides oh I'm going to respect you all of a sudden no the dog's going to go I don't, I don't respect you and I'm going to prove it and I'm going to show it to you and I'm going to continue to establish that bit of dominance in this relationship so I know what's coming. And so I have to be reactive. So I can do one of a couple of things. It depends on their size. Uh, if they're real little, I can just lean into them. As they launch themselves to me, I launch myself into them, essentially. And I'm bigger and I'll win. And so they hit me and I'm a brick wall and they flip over onto their back and they shake it off and they go, man, what, what in the hell was that? So I don't even need to say anything. I just, "Ah, ah, 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 ah." I give them a little bit of tone. I bump into them, I flip them over and that's it. If if they're real defiant and they go, I'm going to do it again, I don't lose my cool. It's a little puppy. I'm not going to get too out of control with it, but I'll do the same thing. I'm going to be more consistent than they will. I'll win in the end. And so if these little pups want to pick their jump, come over to me and jump up with their paws, grab a hold of their feet and help them do a cartwheel. Just flip them over. And they, they'll learn very quickly and go, don't do that to him. Because that is not the recipe for winning. Uh, I end up on my flipped over on my head. Now I'm not trying to hurt the puppy. And in, in, in we don't need to. The other thing, if they're really little and they want to do this, First off, sometimes they do it for, I do think when they're really little, let's say eight weeks old, uh, you just got them home. They want to get up on you because they were looking for some comfort. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be nearly as aggressive about it, but I'm going to put them down and say, no, 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 no. And then when they look up at me and they don't put their paws up, I'm going to be just as quick to reward as I was to punish. And I'm going to tell them how good they are. And they're going to learn that they don't have to be on top of me to be comfortable. They can be next to me. And that starts to establish the idea of being next to me is a good place which is going to transfer into some heel work eventually and proper positioning. So, But when they're little, if they're being a little brat and they're jumping up to me, just grab them by the scruff of the neck. I scoop them up right by the behind their neck and I, ah, no, 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 no. What are you doing? I change my tone. I get a little growly with them, just like mom does. When mom doesn't like what their pup is doing, it's a, and a little push off. I've seen them pick them up. I've seen them pick the puppy up and give them a deep growl. And, and so to me, that's a real effective way to speak their language. And it almost instantly establishes who's the boss, who's in charge, who's the leader. I don't have to be a jerk to get puppies to listen to me. But I do have to be confident and I have to be establish myself as a leader and I have to be consistent with it. So the idea of having little puppies up in my lap doesn't happen. I don't pick little pu I don't let puppies jump up on top of me when I'm watching TV on the couch. I don't let them sleep on top of me in bed. It's all a dominance thing. And so we have to, the old saying of I got a leg up on somebody, it is it means something. It means that they're up, one up, they're one up in you. And so I use that to my advantage. I'll let the puppy lay at my feet and I'll just rest my feet on top of its back when we're watching TV. And as long as the puppy doesn't squirm out of there and go, no, 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 you can't dominate me. The puppy lets me do that, they're saying, you're the boss. What do you want to do? So these are all body language things that help early on. And when you do that, then you don't run into issues with puppies that nip, bite, jump, chew, um, want to create issues when they're bigger. It's easier to fix it early. Now this guy's dog is eight months old and he's finding some struggle with aggressiveness upon delivery. So, hold conditioning is going to be a fix to that. At eight months old, he's probably done teething, and I would go through hold conditioning if I'm running into this issue out of nowhere. Now, when the little puppy starts out retrieving, the last thing I want to do is tug-of-war. Because tug-of-war promotes and teaches the idea of a puppy going, I want this, it's mine. You're going to try to drag it away from me. I'm going to fight to keep it. I would never, ever encourage something like that because what you're doing is you're programming the puppy to give you an issue later down the road when you ask it to retrieve. So don't so avoid it. It's way easier to not train something in and have to train it out later. It's way easier to just avoid training it in the first place and form the right habit. So the delivery part early on and I'm I'm experiencing it with Bella right now and it's probably one of the best experiences I've had yet, partially because she's natural in delivery, partially because I've been very very um, consistent on the idea of sharing with her. I'm never in a hurry to take it away. I give it back to her after I get it. I, I She looks forward to giving it to me because I give it back. So we go through these routines and we avoid trying to get to the point where I've got a dog that all of a sudden, now if all of a sudden one day she turns aggressive on me with the idea of growling when I'm going to, I'm going to nip that in the bud right away. Ah, 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 that's enough. And the, the it'll go back to where we stand as far as part of our pack. And she knows she's not in front of me in the pack. Now, she also, last within the last couple of days here, I saw, or I heard, because you know, she's on place and she's doing really well, and all of a sudden, Steph walks by her, and she nipped out at Steph's hand when she walked by. And I think it was because she wanted some attention from Steph. And Steph said, no, you don't, and she kind of, turned around and gave her a stern look and I said, what did she just do? She said, she nipped at my hand out of nowhere. So what was she doing? She's six months old. She was testing Steph. She hadn't been with Steph for a week, for four or five days. She was with me and we were out of town. She comes back and she goes, I wonder if I can get away with it with the old gal. I shouldn't say the old gal, but the, the older woman in our house. I wonder if I can get away with this. And Steph wasn't going to take it. And so I told Steph, I said, if you want, you give her, you grab a hold of her behind the neck and you give her a little shake. You shake her up. Ah, that's enough. And I guarantee you that little puppy's going to go, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Because that she's sensitive and she doesn't want, she didn't do it to create an issue. She didn't do it to spite somebody. She didn't do it to get, to cause a, dis- she just went whatever, for whatever reason, she decided I'm going to try this and see what I can get. And she tried it with someone that she hadn't seen in a little while. Now, you have to be careful because if you got a pack of kids running around, the dog is gonna feel that it's in the middle of the pack somewhere more than likely. So we train our kids as much as we do the dog to understand it's not tolerated. It has to be consistent. There's a lot of times where dogs listen very well to one or two people in the family and they walk all over the other people. That's what happened to the kid at Bayport. Her mom cannot handle the dog, and the dog just treats her like dirt. But she listens pretty good to the daughter, the dog does. I said, well, it's because of you, not because of the dog. It's where the dog is understanding it falls in your family. And your mom is the one who needs the training. So you can do some simple drills and make your mom stand up and be a boss and treat the puppy no different than it would you, the kids. It's unlikely that the mom lets the kids walk all over her but maybe she's letting the dog and the dog's no dummy. And the dog is a The dog is smart. The dog is going to take every little bit you give it. And so if you give him an inch, watch out because it gets really, really slippery and dogs are just kind of wired. They're just programmed through evolution to find a leader, look for a leader. And if you don't find it, become one because that's just, that's how they, that's how they evolved from a million years ago. That's, that's how that you test in a pack and you find out very quickly if you belong and where you belong. And certain dogs become leaders. I am the leader in our pack. My wife has to be the leader in our pack. My kids have to be the leader in our pack. The dogs can figure it out between themselves as far as the dogs go. Now that doesn't mean I let them roughhouse and fight, but they just, through natural um, development as puppies in a litter and then when we transplant them to our house, different dogs establish themselves and it's all built on character and, and, and style a dog. What type of dogs do you have? Uh, more dominant personalities, they clash at times. It's not allowed to get out of hand. I let them figure their own things out, but it has to be within reason. And it, there is no, there is no variance when it comes to dealing with people. People are always on top as far as that pack or hierarchy goes. So the big fix to this stuff is not necessarily the, there is a, in the moment, there is a mechanical thing that you can do right away and that's get firm. Change your tone usually is enough. Um, Physically, little puppies, I'm not afraid to pick a little puppy up by the scruff of the neck and go, you made a bad decision. Because the body language part of that, the actual physical part of me picking that puppy up and giving it a little shake is more effective than me verbalizing anything to it the tone that I say it is more effective than the words I can say you're the best dog in the world in a growly voice and they'll cower because they go oh my god he's mad even though I'm telling them you're the best dog in the world it's how I said it so we have to establish that in the big picture to eliminate the micro problems and when the, the micro problems are simple are, those are just symptoms symptoms of of an issue that is likely bigger and so the the part that you have to fix is the big the the fix to the little problems is usually the big picture general direction that you're going but in order to do that there's lots of little pieces that need to be put into place so it's a it's a real interesting dynamic when it comes to training because you got bigger you got micro and macro things and they're all connected they're all they're all sequenced in some way the sequence isn't necessarily always the same. Uh, It varies from dog to dog. It varies from situation to situation. So from a trainer's standpoint, you gotta be real fluid. Um, And the more you do it, the more experience you have, the more dogs you work with, the more chances you get to see different different things and handle them differently. And the more mistakes you make and learn from, the better you get. I don't believe you can do stuff without making mistakes because If you don't make the mistake, you don't learn. You don't have the opportunity to learn and nothing happens perfectly every single time. So we do have to make some mistakes recognize them and then change it. Don't make a mistake and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again and go, I don't know why this thing is just not working. It's because you're doing the same thing over and over again and it's not working. It won't change. So you'll have to come up with some creativity to figure out how can you make it. I, I reverse engineering is how we fix most of the problems. What is re, what is the reason for the problem? Not necessarily how do I fix the problem at the moment? It's what's the bigger reason for it. And that's, that's an exa- that's exactly what's happening with some of these dogs that become a little aggressive, a little bit nippy, a little bit testy. It's not necessarily the micro in the moment that the issue is it's connected to something bigger. You can correct it in the moment, but that's not the big picture fix. You need to be able to you need to be able to diagnose the bigger problem and address it accordingly. So, that's it, man. That was a a, a question um, that was uh, connected to a few different things that came up recently. Um, that I thought maybe bring some value, bring some clarity to micro stuff and macro stuff. Um, it's just more specific connected to some of the questions that we've seen lately. So that's it. Number 44 Five. or 45, 45 is done. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please do us the favor, uh, rate it, rate the podcast on whatever app you're using. Um, if you would do me a really big favor, it would be leaving a comment um, or, or I think it's a, review. A, a review, review, a review. So you can get into a little bit of detail on there. Um, and, please don't hesitate to reach out uh, if you have something that's on your mind specifically um, or more generally. Because what what I'm starting to find is I can usually lump some questions into into categories almost that we can touch and help, I think, more people than just one specific podcast per question. Some of them require it. Some of those questions are just, we're not gonna cover anything else but it. Um, Some of them are, are similar. Um, some of them are things that I'm coming across in in daily stuff that I think could potentially add some value to what you're doing too. The reason we do the podcast is for you guys. Um, our hope is to try to Im- continue to improve it. I won't be able to do that without feedback, um, and so by you doing that, uh, it's not only greatly appreciated, but I think in the big picture, it's going to help us um, c- consistently move in the right direction as far as improvement goes. That's it. We appreciate your support and we'll continue to put these babies out. Talk to you uh, again very soon.